so inflation's up. Uh, March numbers came out 4.4. We were 4.3 last month, and the hope was that we'd be down like 4.1. The very interest rates that were increased to hopefully bring down inflation and bring down the housing market are actually now probably the number one thing causing inflation to stay up. Because everyone that got a mortgage this time last year, their housing costs month to month, which goes into their the inflation numbers, have gone up significantly. I think the idea when increasing it was to also reduce the amount of mortgages being taken. And I feel like we've talked about this, but the market seems to be doing pretty good again. If you're a conspiracy theorist, like I am, like how much independent research did you do into these inflation numbers? There's not much we really can do, right? Like we kind of take these things for granted. Like, oh man, Whoa, Saturday. you're saying this is fake? I'm just saying the Fed, you know, raises their rates while Canada's kind of holding fast on rates. Maybe they're going to bring it down the rates, blah, 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 blah. And we talked about, man, there's going to be a lot of pressure. If the Fed's raising rates, there's going to be a lot of pressure on Bank of Canada. The WikiLeaks, Bank Chandler Canada, leaks. Bank of Canada needs an excuse. If they were to touch these overnight rates again, they would really we need to point to something and all of a sudden inflation goes up for the first time in 10 months i love that you're a conspirator when, 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 now when, when i was broke i had rich habits uh. when i was broke i had rich habits uh. things are crazy inflation's out this is nuts what's going on not too much how you doing not well no they, not well this guy saw some inflation and he's all freaked out well, I'm like just, i'm worried that two mean rates are gonna be up we'll talk about that in a second yeah, oh, we will. We, so, okay, you want me to start right off the hop? Yeah, man, you said yes. Okay, okay, I have something that I wanted to mention to you because you and I are having a conversation, mm -hmm. questioning our lives as we always do. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm so good at making questioning life even more with my negative, constant negativity. So you're many people, you're, so many you're people see me and they're just like, yo, be a little less negative. Right. What were you going to make fun of me for? No, I was asking, like, you say you brought this influence into my life? Is that what you're saying? Uh, no, I'm not saying I brought that influence into, but I think I'm, I'm helping... I'm making you question even more. Like if you're questioning in a one out of ten, I like threw a little sauce on there and I got like a four and a half out of ten. Okay, so what do you have for me now? Bill Gates is full of regrets about missed vacations and broken relationships oh. in commencement speech. You are not a slacker if you cut yourself some slack. That's what Bill Gates said. Bill Gates said that. He's got mm -hmm. $150 billion. We all know who he is. He founded Microsoft. Absolute workaholic. Okay, okay. He talks about how when he started Microsoft, he was on this mindset that he you work 100 hours a week, you never take time off, that's being a slacker. He set up one of his first offices facing over the parking lot so he could see who left first. Right. He would watch who left first and he would grind his employees and he would grind himself. And he said at that age and that time in his 20s, in his head, he's like, I will do this every day for the rest of my life to be at the top. And now... Expensive speaking during kind of his retirement and slowdown. And yeah, while well, he's loaded. He's broken it off and everything. And again, most people have, will say now that he has made the money, it's easy to say this, but he says, I look back and regret not taking the trips, regret not having some more fun nights, regret not relaxing a little bit. I, and I, this is something we've talked about a couple yeah. months ago and we're kind of going through it right now. And, and I think people are being forced to reflect because when the market was good, it was super easy to make money. And so it was hard to not get revved up. And I think doing that was the right decision because you need to do it while it's hot in the flow and that that's where things are going. But as it slows down, it's like, do you still keep grinding this hard? And now you're not getting the returns like, damn, so I'm grinding hard and the returns aren't as exciting. So what you're talking about, and you're going to make me get sentimental and or talk about my, oh, my kids again or something God. like that. Um, it's the picture. Today. Yeah, yeah. I'm showing my arts degree here. Uh, <laughs> I did that before the economics. This this one I was all emotional all right. and soft. Um, Sentimental on me. I think I, no I, I feel two, two ways about it. Like I certainly have come to that perspective to some degree, mm -hmm. but it's easier to stop, smell the roses, and reflect when you're sitting on a bunch of cash. Mm -hmm. And I tell my kids, um, 
that, you know, if you work hard, you have an easy life. Yeah. If you don't work hard, you have a hard life. And that still reigns true to some degree. No, to, to a large degree. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna temper that. He could have pulled the shoot earlier. Define easy and hard. Jesus. I think that if you want to have any sort of, I'm not just creature comforts, but the comforts of being able to, you know, put food on your kids. Like he said, oh, I, I wish I had more time to spend with my kids. Like, well, yeah, that's great. But also like you need to feed the kids and you need to shelter them and you need to clothe them and all these things. So like you do need to work. There's a lot of people there that work their tails off and can't do those things. So I can't, I don't think you can just say, oh man, like I just wish I took more time to stop and smell the roses. That's a, a, a luxury belief that he has there, right? What? Yes, it is. It is. But I don't know that he's just targeting, like, you don't have to be insanely luxurious to get And what, what convocation was he speaking to? Uh, that's a good question. Because telling a bunch of rich kids at Harvard that, you know what, like, take that year abroad. Well, uh, yeah, no kidding. Lots of tech oh, talk. No. Okay. Uh, to the forestry and engineering graduates of Northern Arizona University. Okay, that's not hard for I don't know what that is, to be honest with you. <laughs> it, could okay. be, it could be an Ivy, I don't know. Not Ivy, but, like, could be one of the big ones. <laughs> Um, okay, I agree with what you're saying, um, but I think it could be something that everyone could take a moment. Again, I don't, depending on your financial situation, if you're in a position where, yes, you can't even pay your bills, that, that is a little different. Um, but if you're in a position where you're able to pay your bills and you're, it's that point where you're going after more. That's the, well, and I don't think anyone should just be like, I can just pay my bills. Now I need to stop. Like you need to have a rainy day. You need to, you need to maybe work to the point where you don't have as many bills. Yep. The problem is, then when do you stop, right? Yeah. And this is where I'm at in my life, and, and you're hitting this somewhat younger. I was actually thinking today, because everyone rags on me when you go to town. I don't know if you know this. I'm no, I don't. This, this is kind of hilarious. So everyone goes, oh, Neil's away again, right? Like, they always yeah. make this little, you know, little little comedy tomorrow, right? Yeah, Neil, Neil's <laughs> leaving again tomorrow. Um, like, and I was, like, thinking to myself, like, yeah, Neil lives the life I want to get to the point that I'm living, <laughs> which is funny where I'm older than you and, and, and blah, blah, blah. But yeah. um, once you've established yourself and you can pay all your bills, what then do you do at that point? Like you've made enough money that, you know, you could, in theory, start buying your time back. Right? Like you have enough money there. Buy it back. Oh, yeah, I guess with it coming forward. Yes. Yeah. Okay, right. Yeah. Um, and do you do that, or do you continue to try to acquire more money, right? And it, it's, it, becomes, it becomes this ego thing at a certain point, and ego is great. It can be a great motivator, it can be a great tool, but when do you shut it off? When do you... When does it start ruining your life? When does it start ruining your life, right? When does it become a, an enemy um, rather than a tool? And I don't know. We were both at that point. Like, you're, you're very successful at a very young age. Yeah. In theory... You could take some time now yep. and, and stop and smell the roses and do whatever Bill recommends. Um, <laughs> I kind of felt uh, a, a pressure to continue because I was starting a family and I had kids. Like, okay, I need to do more than just enough for me. I need also um, some for some future humans here, yep. right down the road. Yep. But now also, I could say I probably have enough now, and I haven't stopped and smelled the roses. And yes, if I were on my deathbed today, I'd be like damn, man, I wish I wasn't on a Zoom call for 45 minutes at my kid's first baseball practice last night. Because I was, right? Mm -hmm. And it sucked. And I was like, what am I doing? In that case, that's something I said yes to that doesn't even have a monetary thing. It's more like, oh, yeah, like I want to say yes to this because this is the sort of 
you know, action I want to be in, right? Like it's, it's um, like a business related thing that I was on. So, man, or like my kids out there playing baseball, right? Like, so I get it, um, but I had to get to a certain point that I feel good resting on these laurels. If you are going to rest on laurels, make sure those laurels are pretty damn good and established. That's what you want. But what were you saying? Okay, so you're, you're that's, your take, that's your this. take. That's your take. Let me let me give you my take on that. So I respect Bill for saying this immensely because I think for the last like hundred years the idea has been to just grind your ass off, um, and I think the world rewards you in a lot of weird ways for it. Uh, I can see myself uh, like as you have success, you get pumped up and touted for it. And so it's hard to not want to keep doing it because on top of enjoying the success, you're enjoying what you get from it as well, which is like, you, like you said, there's an ego portion of it that gets fed as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like you get almost everything in your world seems to be better, but you start to lose your time. And, and I felt that way. I was saying to my buddies, like, the last five years, I don't remember anything because I was just same working man. so much. Same. And you kind of feel the same way. Um, and so I think being the way to be able to make that decision is you need to decide what your goals are. And that means like a financial goal. Uh, but then also, like, what your goals are with your time. Like, for for a lot of people, I would say they're very comfortable and happy to work full-time, continuing moving forward. Uh, but they're like, I want 9 to 5, and I want to be comfortable to cut it off at 5. But I like having the routine of going yep. full-time. I like being out of the house from 9 to 5. I like the people that I work with. And I like seeing them. I enjoy my job. And so I want to keep that. That is not something, even if I had the money to, I don't necessarily want to eliminate. You see people win the yep. lottery and they maintain their job. Yeah. Because if you think I taught it, it to school for years past needing it because I kind of liked doing it. Exactly. There's yeah. a ton of people exactly. They yeah. continue to educate themselves. Um, so I think you got to look at your goals of like, what do I want to spend my time on? What do I want to pursue? What do I want to leave on this earth? What kind of mark do I want to make? And if you create kind of that picture, then you can tell you, tailor your life to, to that. And again, I don't think, I think finance is just one piece of like probably five or six that you should really be considering. Um, it's unfortunate that everything is very important on the finance aspect, but I also think a lot of us, I, I feel this pressure and I think you feel pressure to stay like maybe where you're born or where you spent a lot of time. And sometimes it's not necessarily the most financially prudent decision to make. Like, it's like you could buy a duplex, here to bring us back to real estate, you could buy a duplex or two. And if you can get them to a point where they're cash flowing a few thousand bucks a month, you could bounce and go to like Thailand and never work a day again in your life. And you could eat fresh food every day, you could live a very nice life in a very nice home, and literally never stress again about anything like that. And if that's what your objective is, that's amazing. The weather could be amazing. And then you say, oh, there's a rainy season? I'm flying back here, and I'm gonna be here for the rainy season, and I'll stay in one of my units. Um, And to be honest with you, I'm actually gonna ask this guy, I I have a a friend, I, I hope he listens, but he kinda did this. He set up, he, he was going hard here. He was buying a ton of real estate. He was growing super fast. And then he kind of, he's like, what the hell am I doing? Sold it all, bought some commercial assets, and he left years ago. And he's traveling the world. I think you have a friend that also did this. Yeah. And that's what they wanted. That was their vision, and they made it happen. So, anyways, I don't know. All the boil back to the original article, like, I think it's really good to see some of these guys saying this. Because really, I know we're saying all oh, he has all the money is great now. I don't think he feels any better being like, oh, now I'm sitting on my big yacht. I, I always joke with him like, it's, yeah, it's nicer to cry inside a Mercedes, but that's it's way nicer to cry inside a Mercedes. But it's it's money, I, I don't know. I honestly, don't, if, but if you're crying all the time in a Mercedes, that's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, that's a different issue altogether. <laughs> uh, but you, anyways, I, I want to bring this up because I think our podcast. 
feels like it, it, it motivates the idea that you need to just grind your ass off. And I don't think you need to. I do think if you have certain goals and things we've talked about and achieving those, I think you need to to get there. But I don't think it's the be-all, end-all, and I don't think it's a better way to, to operate your life. But I um, do think, this is the problem, it's all like, who's receiving the message, and how are people going to like co-op that message? Because I would love to tell my kids, like, hey, there are more important things in life than money. Because that's true. Yep. But, but, if that results in having two kids who are like, we don't have any money, and now our lives kind of suck, and be like, that wasn't what I meant by the <laughs> message. You know what I mean? Like, so... <sighs> Like I think there's there's some there's some parameters within that because I do believe that hard work results in an easy life, easy living results in a hard life to some degree, right? Um, I I think there has to be an element of that. But so also easier to find by your financial status. Increasingly, man. Like in Canada. Increasingly, that is the case. Life is easier if you have more money. I don't think that's a terrible thing is it to say. Though? Like you have all the crap. It depends on how. You, I guess it depends what you do with it. Exactly. So then it's like, okay, you have the money. Now what are you going to do with it? Like, are you going to take on more debt? And um, you know, debt is a phenomenal. I would say tool. money is equivalent, though, in the sense of like almost even like that. Your health. If you eat healthy and you consistently exercise, your life is also easier because your body is going to be yeah. in the long term. Your body will be in better shape, and you will be able to be more comfortable in as, as you age. Yeah. Exactly. So it's, 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 I feel like it's another one of those things. It's just but like maybe you don't need to be like, yeah, you don't, you don't maybe need to keep pushing and it's like maybe it's good enough to just be in like decent health, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, everything in moderation, I suppose. I guess my thing is I also believe that you will find um, gratification and contentment in life if you're doing something with purpose and, and something that I don't mean just with purpose for you, but also with purpose more broadly speaking like one of the things and i know landlords get shit on or whatever but i genuinely like improving my community and, and taking a building and renovating it and seeing that process right, through. You live right in the middle of all your buildings you know i do like i enjoy that right yeah. um and i enjoy being part of my community and that's a way that i feel like i can be part of my community so i think having that purpose and and work when you enjoy your work it should be because it's, it's purposeful it's meaningful for you like Giving that up and saying, well, like, oh, no, I'm just going to leave this easy life. I think you would end up feeling lacking, but certainly, like, siphoning off some time to find purpose and be purposeful in your relationships and all that. I get it. So to this point, I'm going to move on to our next article. Yeah, we're getting really weird. We're getting really in, insightful with our I just wanted to talk thoughts. about the damn inflation being up. And, well, before you go there, within the same vein, I'm going to read you the next article. Family turns down $50 million from developer who built suburb around their home. Oh, I love that. That's such a cool image, too. Many of you guys have seen this. There is a large house on a giant plot of land in Australia, and there's suburbs abutting it on every single side. They have a five-acre property, and developers have been consistently making them bigger and bigger offers, and most recently, they were offered $50 million for their home. Like, and the developer wants to tear it down and split it into roughly 50 lots. Yeah. When interviewing people who own the home... They were like, this used to be farmland, dotted with little red brick homes and cottages. Every home is unique, and there was so much space, but not anymore. It's just not the same. And so their happiness is clearly not defined in money, even though it looks like they might have a bit already, because the home's sitting there. They probably have a little bit of money already. <laughs> the home's sitting there is pretty nice. But you never know, because like, if you go to the bank with an APS, and you say, I got an APS for $50 million. Can you guys lend me $2, 3000000 million against my house? They'll be like, yeah, sure, no problem. We'd love to, because well, if they repo it, they know instantly they're going to sell that thing for a fortune. Um... 
but I think this is that same concept. It's it's the idea of like, here's a family that what makes them happy is having a big parcel of land, having the space and the privacy, enjoying what they know. But and, they're literally these people living in the big house. You know what I mean? Like, oh, this is all farm around here. We're in the big house. It's just not it's, the same. It's defined as a Windsor, Windsor Castle style home, features a 650 foot driveway. <laughs> yeah, so again, there might have some money in the background to begin with. There's a great article out there that I really encourage people to check out. It's called uh, Luxury Beliefs, or, or it's, I don't know, if you Google Luxury Beliefs, it, there's this really interesting article that uh, this, I don't know if it was like a postdoc student or a professor wrote, and how it's really easy for super rich, woke people to give all these life lessons out there to people that, you know, they have the luxury where they can believe, like, you know what? There's just more important things than money, man. Sometimes the most important thing is just having a 650 square foot driveway, right? Like, other people don't have the luxury of thinking that way. <laughs> so, again, I, I take that with a gigantic grain of salt because that is, is a very privileged position to turn down $50 million to make a point, right? <laughs> like, I mean, that actually sounds like a pretty good life. Imagine having a life, you know, here, there, there's one perspective. Money isn't everything, there's one person. Here's another position. You have so much money that you can turn down $50 million just to make a point. That's the bigger takeaway. Like, hey, when you have so much money, you can turn down $50 million just to come off as morally superior to someone else. Like, that's a pretty damn you awesome know, life. The other way to look at this is kind of funny. First of all, they're getting a ton of support. Like, the fact that most people sold out years and years ago and that these guys have held on, all the credit to them. Another person said, um, what was the other person said? They just want to live in peace. Poor guys. Poor guys! Oh. And gosh. another person responded, said, at this point, I think, wouldn't $50 million be enough to buy the same house on another, pe another piece of land that that's not going to happen? But the other way to look at this is, that's one family holding up homes for 50 people. For 50 families. Man. So now on top, on top yeah. of it being a luxury to... You fit like four lots on my house. <laughs> yeah, but you said you had a family living upstairs and a family living downstairs. <laughs> I have my cousin-in-law living upstairs. <laughs> uh, you got a full house. You, you could start a, a sitcom in there. But, yeah, um, actually, that's eerily something. I didn't think about that, how similar situation is to full house. <laughs> Jesse and Rebecca up in the attic. It's just Brad. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so there is a lot of ways to look at that. Anyways, I thought it was kind of kind of interesting. and It is a super cool picture. I honestly think a lot of people have seen that because it was trending. It's trended on Instagram probably like, 15 times over the yeah. last two years because they keep getting bigger and bigger offers. Then um, I'm going to bring up one because I, I always assume when people have, when I've seen these things and they've been training, it's everyone else has, so no point mentioning, but I'm going to mention this one because it was hilarious. Yeah. Um, but maybe a bit controversial. It was this, these two guys are talking about how, uh, like cancel culture and separating the artist from the art. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, can you appreciate a piece of artwork even though the artist that made it has maybe been canceled for something, yeah. right? Something they said, something they did, whatever. And certainly if you go back historically, it's like, oh man, you know, some of these artists probably weren't that great by today's standards in their personal life, but does that mean we're gonna get rid of all their artwork? Mm -hmm. um, and they make the reference of like, how many people have ever like said, oh, I'm not gonna go into that building because the developer who built that building, you know, said something inappropriate or like the, the people on the, or the people on the construction site made like an inappropriate joke. Like no one's bought bo boycotting the buildings. Mm -hmm. um, and he makes this joke, like or comments that when he worked on a construction site, 
like some of the stuff that would be said to him, mm-hmm. like jokingly, like should have gotten the whole building quote unquote canceled, <laughs> but no one does that. So I think there is something to be said for separating art from artists. But anyway, that's a digression. Yeah, I, so. yeah. I mean, there's a mixture of like people need housing to live, and then when it's buying a development, people want to make money. Yeah. And so everything gets lost. Whereas with art, they're just like, I'm not going to make any money off of this, and I don't necessarily need art to live. Yeah. So I can I can easily cancel. Yeah. Um, Anyways, next thing I want to talk about, and back to our regular, regularly scheduled programming of boring real estate, uh, Money Sense released a guide where to buy real estate in Canada, best place to buy real estate in Canada, 2023. Oh. So they have 45 cities on here. Okay. So I'm going to give you a couple cities, and I want you to tell me where they rank. Okay. Okay. I was going to say, if you're going to ask me for, like, the top 45, I'm like, damn, I don't... But okay, all right, give me the city. Money census, top 45 cities, where does Toronto lie? To invest, uh, I would say 14th. 42. Ooh, 42 to 45, damn. Okay, I disagree, but yeah. right, right now, man, they just changed all that zoning where you can take a house and put four units there. You tell me that's not a good place to invest? I don't know, you have to buy the house for $2 million to start with, and then it's gonna be worth 2.2 when the four yeah, units. I think, I think they're, they're actually doing some things that in the short term is going to add some real value to some of those properties, which is going to very much frustrate people. All right, all right. Let me let me give you some more data to work with. Money Sense list top 45, Vancouver Island, with a bench park price of 722. Sorry, 728. Okay. Where do they land on the list? Man, Vancouver Island at It came off a year of 22% growth. <laughs> so maybe there's a little pullback there. Uh, I think I'm going to be right in the middle, like 25th. 14th. All right, I'm going to give you some better ones now, because now you need to know. Halifax, Dartmouth. HRM, the homeland. Median price, 500, or benchmark price, 506000 One-year growth for last year was 23%. Outpaced Vancouver Island. We're in the top, we are in the top four or five cities on this list for growth. Yeah, man, we're booming. Yeah, so where are we on the list for best place to invest? We've got to be top ten. That's not the question I asked for. All right, uh, seven. Lucky seven. Damn, that was good. Six. Ah! That was good. That was good. Okay, what do you think the number one place? The number one place to invest in real estate according to this money Told by money sense. Top 45 in Canada. Okay, okay. Um, ooh. Is it in Alberta? The, this is not the game. It's not okay, 22 okay. questions okay. Here, Um, Man, I... It's not in Alberta. <laughs> I was going to ask you an Alberta one. Um, Alberta's not, doesn't seem to get the appreciation that's a great place to live. It's because it's, 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 it's up and down. Man, it's is up. it in, uh, I'm going to say... Uh, a lot of steam coming out of those ears. I'm just trying to be contrarian now because you've got me all messed up in my head. I did a good job. I may have gone a little too hard on you to try and mess with you. And like, you know, how many areas around Toronto? I swayed you with the BC and the Ontario one. I gave you two opposite ends. Yeah. I was going to hit you with Calgary too, but... I don't know. I think there's a lot of upside in New Brunswick, so I could see it being in, like, Moncton, New Brunswick. Um, yeah, whatever. Uh, Ottawa and Moncton, New Brunswick. Those are my two choices. You can't keep... <laughs> I'll give you two choices of four, four to five. Right, where are those two? Just tell me where those were. Okay. So, Ottawa is 32nd. Mm. With a media price of six seventy three, okay, that's, that's higher. That's seven percent growth, surprisingly, that's not very high. Do you want to change your second? No, nope. you keep your second. No. All right, in first place is the Greater Moncton region. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. 
Dude, I only added yeah. Ottawa as an accent. I'm like, there's no started, way it's you, actually going to be in New Brunswick. What else is kind of good in Ontario that's you, maybe not some, something that someone think of? So they have a benchmark price of $320,817. One year growth, 26%. So give me the top... Three year growth, 84%. Give me the top five places that they list here. Number one, Moncton. Number two, Sault Ste. Marie in Ontario. Number three, North Bay in Ontario. Number four, Fredericton. Number five, St. John. And then number six? So three in Ontario. Or in New Brunswick, sorry. <sighs> Number six is Halifax. Okay. Where do you think Calgary landed? Because you brought that up, and it's somewhere that we've piped up a bunch of times where house prices are reasonable, incomes on average are very high, and taxes are very low. Yeah, I think Calgary's just a great place to live, but not necessarily a, a, a great place to invest. Uh, let me see. Toronto was way up there. Vancouver was kind of up there. I don't know. I feel like Calgary's somewhere in the 30s then, based on... 29. Yeah. Not bad. Interesting. Interesting. Huh. Can we, for the love of God, the talk last, about inflation? The last one, last one, yeah. Oakville. Which is funny, because that'd be median home price, 1.4 million. So it's actually... Where exactly is Sault Ste. Marie? The highest Like price. geographically. So Sault Ste. Marie is like, I think, northern... Is it northern Ontario? I'm bringing it up right now. Should know this. My mom's from New Lister. Any new Lister listeners out there? <laughs> Your mom. Yeah. That's... <laughs> my mom's the only listener from New Lister. Um, she does not tune in regularly. It's Western Ontario. It is on the border with USA. What city is close by? Chicago? Not really. No. It's on the border of Wisconsin. Hmm. You're like north of... I, don't no. what, I wonder what's driving the, the market there. But um, Alright, you hit me with this inflation. I saw it went well, up. I saw your head on top of a cliff there earlier. Yeah. Um, um, so inflation's up. Uh, March numbers came out 4.4. We were 4.3 last month, and the hope was that we'd be down like 4.1. Um, and there's also realized like it's a self-fulfilling prophecy because things were so crazy this time last year. It just makes sense that our inflation this year is not going to look as bad by comparison. Like that's kind of just makes sense. Yeah. So when you see it actually not do as well as you were hoping, it's especially concerning because it's like wow, like remember how crazy expensive things were last year, mm -hmm. and to still be up. Um, 4.4% from that is is discouraging to say the least. Um, and the most recent projections, you know, they were projecting like one number and then it came in lower and, and so on and so forth. So um, we we're expected to be down to 4.1. We ended up at 4.4. Why do you think that is? Well, um, I think there's the, the, the food and the oil and gas fluctuations just a hard thing to control. However, the big number that stood out and grabbed a lot of headlines was that 20, there was a 28% increase in mortgage expenses. So, I mean, we, I talked about it in my floating head clip there. The very interest rates that were increased to hopefully bring down inflation and bring down the housing market are actually now probably the number one thing causing inflation to stay high. Because everyone that got a mortgage this time last year, their housing costs month to month, which goes into their the inflation numbers, but have gone up significantly. I think the idea when increasing it was to also reduce the amount of mortgages being taken. And I feel like we've talked about this, but the market seems to be doing pretty good again. Volume is strong. Yeah. So, market is good, right? Like, well, so we all, this is also a challenging thing when we say the market is good. Good for whom? It's, it's good for sellers. It's good for, you know, short days on market, but there's no inventory, so that's not great. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's a hard time to buy, so like, it's not a good market if you're a buyer. But um, it, it is worrying. So you put these two things together, housing market starting to run, inflation being stubborn going up. First of all, if you were hoping for any sort of reduction in the variable rate this calendar year, I think that literally just went out the window with this 
with this inflation number. Yeah. Uh, that may seem dramatic and perhaps next month, like this could be a blip, maybe next month inflation will be down and then after and so on and so forth. So, so maybe not, but that's enough that, my gosh, they're definitely not changing rates at their next meeting announcement, probably not even the one after that because they're gonna to wanna to see two or three more months in succession. Like they're gonna to wanna to see that interest rate comfortably into at least the threes before they think of backing down on the overnight rate. And now at 4.4, like if we have a good next month, maybe that'll hit the 4.1, and the month after that, maybe 3.9, then maybe 3. They're not gonna to touch that overnight rate until we're mid or low threes. I really don't think, and that may not happen by the end of the year. But don't you think them raising that rate is going to help to bring that down? Because it's going to try and again when they, is, when they were raising the rates, mortgage expenses were not flying because people were not going and getting new mortgages. But people are not feeling comfortable because like, well, this is how it's going to go. I'm going to go ahead and get a new mortgage. Well, this is the concern. Is like, oh my god, someone commented on the Instagram like, does this mean TIFF is going to increase? And I just put barf emojis down because I don't even want to think about that. Um, but I also, man. If you're a conspiracy theorist, like I am, like how much independent research did you do into these inflation numbers? There's not much we really can do, right? Like we kind of take these things for granted. Like, oh man, so oh, you're this. saying this is fake? I'm just saying the Fed, you know, raises their rates while Canada's kind of holding Holy fast on rates. Maybe they're thinking of bringing down the rates. Blah 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 blah. And we talked about man, there's going to be a lot of pressure if the Fed's raising rates. Going to be a lot of pressure on Bank of Canada. WikiLeaks, but Bank of Canada. Leaks. Bank Canada needs an excuse, they need a reason, they need something to point to. If they were to touch these overnight rates again, they would really need to point to something. And all of a sudden, inflation goes up for the first time in 10 months. I love that you're a conspirator now. Yeah, I don't know, but it, it gives me... I don't know, it's a heavy conspiracy, you're understanding they're fudging the numbers. I don't know you're saying they're fudging the numbers. Because let's be honest, man, these bundle of goods are so, I don't want to say subjective, but man, like, there's a lot of variables going into that. I have no more comments except for the fact that I think rates may go up a little more. You think the variable rates? I mean, the, the, our fixed rates are going back up now too. So if you have a fixed rate now, I can promise you with that inflation number, yields went up, which means the new fixed rates are, are going to be up. CMHC rates are going to be up. I uh, know. Right? So I think I want them in, hopefully. So I can just tell you, you know, if you've got a, a, a locked in pre-approved rate, you might feel some inclination to buy during your 90-day rate hold now because you may not be able to get the, that rate again. But who knows, right? Maybe it's a blip, maybe it's a blip. We'll see what the next numbers are. I, yeah, I think rate prices are gonna go up. Like I said, money's already going up in cost again um, and it's it's gonna continue that way. Um, and it, it ultimately, like, I think the slowdown is still to come. I'm still on that and I think the slowdown is still to come. There's no way, people are living too good, man. People are, people are still good. living too good, he says. People are living way too damn good. Oh, maybe they should just stop and smell the roses more. Maybe that's the issue. Holy shit. Such a very full, full circle. Maybe we should, because you know what? I think a lot of times we get in this hot water is because the same idea with working so hard is so we can spend so hard. Okay. Good counterpoint. New vehicles. Good counterpoint. New phones, new clothes, yeah. eating out, like, chillax. Yeah, there what is. What happened to backyard barbecues and, like... Not everybody driving, like every single pickup truck. Barbecue? Every single, well, everyone goes out. Everyone goes out. People go to restaurants like crazy. Mac 10 over here? Backyard barbecues? Look at the cars this movie want. They're all like, you know what? They're all new. Where's the cookout? Where's the cookout? Where's the cookout at? Man, we need to do street cookouts. Oh my gosh. This is what, this is how we need solution to inflation is more neighborhood cookouts. More neighborhood cookouts. Costco, buy everything. There we go. We fixed it. Right? Just saying. 
craft dinner for everyone, cookouts. I want craft I bring dinner. the potato salad, extra raisins, and <laughs> young mayonnaise. <laughs> um, have you had the mayonnaise? No, I'm just joking. No, no. I, with you, I never know. We have a weird, weird dietary requirements. <laughs> <laughs> this guy goes, we go to, I mean, where do we go pure and simple for breakfast? And you're like, can I get the, uh, whatever, lumberjack man's breakfast, yeah. remove everything except for the bacon and the eggs, and I'll take... Can I get an extra six six strips of bacon? Uh, that is actually and pretty accurate rendition of what my order was. And then Haley gets her order, and then just continue proceeds to give you more bacon. Yeah, you had a bacon mound. Yeah. Oh, well, and then you're like, oh yeah, I also make my potatoes when they're overcooked. Cook them again, and then exactly. spice them. Spice them twice more. I didn't say overcooking like that. I want to bruise them around the floor so you get all the extra seasoning off the ground, and then put them back on my plate. And honestly, if you work at Pure and Simple in Dermot, they still didn't season them enough. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, you got anything else at Parker Road? We got an excited man. I'm I have a huge like U-turn, but I'll let you get started first. I'm fired up for Thursday's episode. I'm also pumped up for Our Girl because that is a crazy product where it's going to allow you to get into a property for way less down. They're trying to help people get into homes, and they've been endorsed by CMHG as an opportunity to reduce your down payment. I want to talk about that in a second, but just to, to bring our conversation full circle, we were talking about how New Brunswick is flying off the chains, all these extra, yes. uh, all, the, all this hype around it. If you haven't gone back and checked out last Thursday's episode, so when you're watching this, the yes. previous Thursday's episode, we have a top producing realtor on from New Brunswick. He also has a couple rentals. We're going to talk to him about that market. Um, so if you're interested in New Brunswick, and you hadn't watched last Thursday's or listened to last Thursday's, go check that out. This Thursday, we have Arboro, which is very, very interesting. So we've talked about these programs before where you get zero money down and the government gives you money and they take uh, you know, a, a stake in the property and they register as a mortgage. Arboro is not that. They're mainly more designed for really expensive markets where the barrier to entry is high because you need like 20% mm -hmm. down payments. And the only people able to do that it's because of generational wealth. Like their parents give them that money. Yeah. So they've had a huge uh, amount of success uh, with people trying to get a foothold in more expensive markets by um, lending them just down payments yeah. um, and investing essentially in the home and, and in the appreciation. So check out this Thursday's episode for these. It should I name the company like Mommy and Daddy or something instead of our Or something like, yeah, like. Not mommy and daddy though. It's the opposite, right? It's like it's it's sadly for people like the statistic but nationwide. People who don't like, have the opportunity to get that from someone else, and so yeah, they're making up the difference, and they're being a part of your. your yeah, they're your investing. Home. They say they they actually say it's not a loan; it's an investment. Like we're investing in the property with you, um, and it's a really really cool model. So that's this Thursday. Last Thursday, if you haven't watched it, a realtor from New Brunswick, Neil. Last thing you want to pivot to before we wrap up here. Well, if you're a realtor, first of all, in another province, and you're interested, where well, you're trying to create. Uh, a time for everyone to come on in every different province and talk about their market for investing and what's yeah. going on there because we obviously don't know we're not boots on the ground in Ontario we're not boots on the ground in Alberta we're not boots on the ground in BC so we want you guys to come out uh, or just come on and, and tell us about your market so reach out if you're if you are a realtor in one of those areas and want to do that yeah. um, but the last thing I want to mention is Toronto started a plan called the Toronto Housing Now plan oh yeah four years ago the idea was they were going to give city land to developers to privately develop the land and then it was going to either get sold or bought back and operated as affordable housing um okay four years ago eh? four years ago 2019 not a single shovel in the ground on a site Ooh. in 2019 they set up land for 10,000 affordable homes four years later no shovel in the ground the housing now is designed to convert surplus city on properties such as parking lots into new housing developments with a minimum of one third of those affordable units at no more than 80% of market rent. 
It's almost like it tells you that the private sector cannot build affordable homes. That's even, almost what you think you take from that. Even when you give them the dirt for free. Even when you give them the dirt for free. Again, we have said that true affordability can only be accomplished when government builds the housing. And that's just the reality of it, man. It, and no one wants to hear that. But the thing is, mess, they say you have to operate at 80% affordability. Look at our rant when I was going on about how the fact, like, the government takes... 25 to 35%. Just take the taxes off and we're at, we're at 65%. We'll be running at 65% if you guys just didn't like bleed the developer dry through the whole process. I had a conversation with Zach Churchill. I don't think, you know, it is what it is. That's his name and he's a public figure. So I'm going to say his name. I had a conversation with Zach Churchill who uh, is in the Liberal Party, probably going to make a, a solid run for to be premier of our province. And we talk, I, I just went on a rant just... Poor guy. Terry, Terry, yeah, he, probably Jack. He, he deeply regretted being introduced to me, I'm sure, very, <laughs> very early in the conversation. Um, but I said that, like, the only way you can have affordable public housing, actual deep, proper affordability is if the government builds it. It's like, yeah, the government's no good at housing, right? And I go, what is the government good at, man? Like, they're not good at healthcare. It's, it's, they're not really good at education. They're kind of not good at anything, but what, they still do it. Just call, take one of your parking lots and call any builder and be like, can you just build me an 80 unit building here? Guess you can you can write your own permits. Yeah, he said, "Oh, well, we did this thing. We're we're giving money, giving money to this nonprofit. Oh, did you see this nonprofit over there? It's like, yeah, that's such a drop in the bucket. Build the building, own it outright, or or service the debt, whatever. Um, and then bring in the nonprofits to manage it. That is the role structure that will work. That's what it is." I'm here for a conspiracy because we all like a good conspiracy. But the government genuinely, I don't think, even really wants the affordable housing because they make it so impossible. So part of this Housing Now program was that 33% of the units to be built by to be built are owned by the city and operated by the city agencies, and the rest can be kept by the developer. And it's like they added so many little requirements, yeah, and like no, no one's going to end up actually no. doing it because it just financially does not make any sense. And so what they do is they make it so impossible. Like they can't be stupid to the fact that like if you do all those things. No one's gonna build it. Like I genuinely believe they that can they, be, they, 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 but I, I can't. Start, it starts I, to make you wonder. I genuinely believe that they don't want. They really just don't even know what they want. Do, do you think? Do you think the city wants an affordable building to go right in the middle of downtown Toronto that houses twenty five hundred uh, people who can't afford to be living there? Well, one possibly not, but two, it gets them paid way more money if it's unaffordable. They make way more money if it's unaffordable. Yeah, exactly. That's what, you so, know, the city yeah. benefits in every way if it's unaffordable. This is just them being like, well, look what we did. We we offered everything, and no one no one took the bait. Check out this shiny, you know, symbolic gesture. Yeah, and nothing happens. Yeah. But anyways, that's all I want to say for today. Zach Churchill, if you're listening to this, you can come on the show. Smell the roses. And smell the roses, buddy. Yeah, we went to St. Mary's together. He's a hardworking guy. There we go. I saw him in the comments so, lounge. Think about your goals. Think about what you're trying to do. Take a minute. I am going to say I've done, been on the grind, and I'm trying to do that now. And it's nice to take a little Yeah, back. you really need a vacation, Neil. Good news is, I just got back tomorrow, and I'm leaving tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening, guys. Listen, please share this, tag us, ask your questions. Send it to a friend. If you know anyone who might get some entertainment out of this or some information on this, please share it to them. We appreciate the support. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks so much for watching the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, press like. Don't forget to subscribe. But also check us out on Instagram and TikTok. You can find all the links below. Thanks again for checking us out. Broke, I had rich habits. Uh. When I was broke, I had rich habits. Uh.